Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. So much developing, so much breaking. Ah, I'm Dawn Stensland. You can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. So we will have a live update on this trial that gets underway this morning, began 9.30 this morning, and the latest in just a moment on the trial of a local Bucks County father and husband, Mark Howe. It all began more than a year ago, about a year and a half ago, when he was as a pro-life you know, advocate was somebody out at a local outside, a local abortion clinic in Philadelphia. There was some kind of a scuffle between he, between his son actually and a 72 year old volunteer who is a, a, you know, pro abortion, pro choice person. And so that scuffle then led to this allegation by the volunteer that this father had shoved him. I've told you before, there were no criminal charges that resulted in it by Philadelphia police who were at the scene, by Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, who then reviewed the case. Zero charges by police, zero uh, indictment or allegations by the DA's office. And in the civil court, that as well was dropped out of the courts. But this is President Joe Biden's Department of Justice taking on the case a year after all the local authorities, all the local courts dropped this, said it was a nothing burger in, in a sense. And now this guy faces up to 11 years behind bars. A local dad and um, as well, somebody who you know has young kids all into the age of what, 15 and wife. So I know many people are have different opinions about this, are praying for him. But we're going to get an update as far as what's going on. The jury was selected yesterday all day in court. We'll have a live update coming up at 11 a.m. as Pastor Bill Devlin is inside the courtroom right now. So he'll just give us his take as he is inside the court proceeding right now. So he can give us that bird's eye view, if you will. They take away their cell phones. And that's standard procedure that you're not allowed to use your cell phone when you're in a court. Even if you're a news reporter, you have to step out. So we'll get that, for for example, that update um, on Mark Houck. We want to keep that alive. We're told this trial, federal trial, might be wrapping up as early as this Friday. So we're watching that very carefully. I want to get to this this arrest in Philadelphia. And as a, a Phil- longtime Philadelphian, it's infuriating to me that we see this time and time again, where we hear about a shooting, and in this case, Think about the first homicide of the year was a shooting. And then we heard about more than a week ago, it was January 9th, where, remember this, there were um, a quadruple sh- uh, shooting and it was during a shopping trip. So now we've got word by Philadelphia police. The headline is arrest made in that ambush shooting that killed three people in Philadelphia's Mayfair neighborhood. That's the headline. And then, yes, they are reporting it, if if at all, but... The fact of the matter is this young man who's charged in this, in these, I should say, in these homicides, the accused killer, in fact, was known about. There was a gun charge against this guy more than a year ago. And so in the community, and I'm seeing this go viral, people saying, you know, we'd have four people alive 
if if they had just if the DA's office had retained this guy, not put him back out on the streets. So it's one once again justice in air quotes in Philadelphia. So this is one local news report. Let's listen in. Yeah, so they all knew each other. These four young people, all in their teens or early 20s, were shot last night in northeast Philadelphia, a quadruple shooting. Police believe this was likely targeted, leaving three people dead and adding to the city's homicide numbers just days into the new year. Happened last night around 10 p.m. in the city's Mayfair neighborhood. This is near Guilford Street and Roland Avenue. Two of the victims were told died on scene. They still haven't been identified, listed as John Doe's. A third victim was rushed to the hospital and died there, while a fourth actually ran to a nearby house for help after being shot. He was taken to the hospital and is still alive this morning. Police say all four were hanging out together and went shopping earlier in the day. They came back to this typically quiet neighborhood in northeast Philadelphia. That's when somebody began firing. All four of these victims were together, and they do know each other. However, right now, we don't know why. They were shot. We don't have a motive for the shooting. So that was the initial report that happened. That's uh, January 9th. And so the update today is that they have 24-year-old Edwin Vargas now in custody. And so he is facing these murder charges, essentially. They have him in custody for the quadruple shooting. He is also accused in the first homicide of the year in Philadelphia that claimed the life of a 25-year-old man. That was January 3rd. So you've got January 3rd shooting, then the January 9th quadruple shooting. That That's the one where the 18, 19, and 24-year-old were killed. And then a fourth victim, uh, identified as a 28-year-old, don't have his name, was hospitalized in critical condition. So apparently is still in the hospital. But what we're learning about this about this accused suspect who's now in custody, Vargas, is that he's linked to more than one homicide in the city and has a lengthy criminal record. And in fact, that he was in custody, you know, multiple times over the past years and specifically on a gun charge about a year ago. So the question is, why not hold somebody like this that has this long criminal record He's accused of another, yet another crime. And, and so whether he was out on parole, etc., the issue here in Philadelphia, and we see it day in and day out. And it's, it doesn't seem to be getting better. And I, I, we, you know, when I first started the Dawn show and what was that a little over a year ago in, um, well, what were we last, you know, a f- the fall a year ago? And I would say to you, Think about it. Do you have a mugshot on file? If uh, anybody's looking for you, they can just, oh, here we have right in our file. Here's the Dawn Stensland Menti mugshot du jour. And here's the update. Oops, that's the old one. Let's get the updated one. But that's what happens. And that tells you so much. When they, when they say there's an armed and dangerous most wanted suspect and they've got that person's recent photograph, a.k.a. mugshot, that right there is a lot of useful information that you can use. You know that this guy is in the system. He's a usual suspect. And yet, frequently in Philadelphia, these are the same people being recycled, the same people accused of crime over and over. And what happens when they get, you know, when they spit them back out on the streets? What do they do? They're just emboldened. According to every criminal expert, they're emboldened, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Let's see. Let's see how low I can go. Let's see how bad this can get. And, and so then you just, you're just recirculating and intensifying the circle and culture of violence in Philadelphia. And so to blame the so-called gun violence, and that's what they blame. I'm not, look, I'm not um, neg- trying to negate the fact that these are illegally gotten guns or firearms, that's an issue. Yes. How are they getting their hands on all of these illegal guns? And are some of these made with the 3D materials or are are some of these the so-called ghost guns? Okay, valid, valid issue. But you know what? We've always had a straw market with the guns. We've always had an illegal gun trade. So why, what's going on? Why is it worse than we've, than we've seen it? it? It's, these are historic skyrocketing crime numbers 
And to me personally, even though, even though you look at the stats and they go, Oh, well, we're, we're actually, we're at 6%, uh, 6% less than last year. You know, tell that to the grandmother in West Philadelphia. <laughs> tell that to those in the, in the Hunting Park neighborhood who were awakened this morning by the sound of gunfire. Again, this is every day in and out in Philadelphia and not just at nighttime. Uh, that, and that's another piece of this. Usually you could say, well, they were quote unquote certain parts of the city. Are certain parts more dangerous and more crime ridden? Yes. But it doesn't feel to me as a city resident, it certainly doesn't feel like it's getting better. <clears throat> Although they want to tell us that all the time. It's just, it's nauseating. By the way, city of Philadelphia, as we think about another situation that happened in the Hunting Park neighborhood, by the way, this morning, a loud crash at the corner of 9th and Roosevelt Boulevard. So this crash happened and, you know, Philadelphia police talking about this one. We have all of these hit and runs as well. Um, by the way, Philadelphia police say the city's first homicide of the year claimed the life of that 25-year-old man. He was shot in the head while sitting in the front passenger seat of a car. That was 9th and Hunting Park, Park Ave. I just wanted to remind you of that. I had covered it back when that happened Tuesday, January 3rd. First homicide of the year. We're now learning that this guy in custody that you're hearing about in today's news is accused of being the one responsible for that. And then it went on from there as uh, there was a, there was a hit and run accident and so on. So as far as today's latest situation happening, I don't know the, I don't know the bottom line from police. In other words, if today's hit and run that happened in the Northeast, is that somehow related to a, to another, uh, another um, carjacking that's attempted? What's going on here? So we're following it all for you. And sometimes it even, I, my head spins and I think, no, 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 we already reported on that one. Nope, it's a new one, by the way. Um, is ABC News, by the way, this is, they're reporting this as breaking news within the past 12 minutes. Pope Francis declares homosexuality is not a crime. Some 67 jurisdictions worldwide criminalize consensual same-sex activity, 11 of which can impose the death penalty. And the breaking um, international news from Vatican City, Pope Francis criticized laws that criminalize homosexuality as unjust, saying God loves all children just as they are, and calls on Catholic bishops who support the laws to welcome LGBTQ plus people into the church. The Pope saying being homosexual is not a crime. And Francis said this during an exclusive interview this morning with the Associated Press. So that's a breaking news story internationally from Vatican City saying it's not a crime. Francis acknowledged that Catholic bishops in some parts of the world support laws that criminalize homosexuality or discriminate against the LGBTQ plus community. And he refers to the issue in terms of sin, but he attributed such attitudes to cultural backgrounds, says bishops in particular need to undergo a process of change to recognize the dignity of everyone. So he's saying the bishops have to process have to have a process of conversion, adding that the bishops should apply tenderness, please, as God has for each of us. And so his comments, this is the very first time any pope in the church's long history has made any comment about these. These are He's commenting about the laws, I want to point out, such as in the Middle East, where you could be stoned, you could be um, receive the death penalty, etc. And they are consistent with his overall approach to the LGBTQ plus community and his belief that the Catholic Church should welcome everyone into the church and not discriminate. So that that is um, that is the word, the latest. But he's declaring the Pope declaring all of these laws unjust. Francis says the Catholic Church can and should work to put an end to these laws saying the church must do this, it must do this. And so Francis quoting the Catechism of the Catholic Church, saying gay people must be welcomed and respected, should not be marginalized or discriminated 
against, which is, of course, what happens in America. I don't know if the Pope mentioned that, for example, in America, the law would be consistent with what the Pope is saying today should happen for the rest of the world. In America, um, gays, like every other American, no matter who you are, you are welcomed, you are respected, and you are not, nor should you not, be marginalized or discriminated against, no matter who you are. So that's uh, that's a breaking news story that that I saw on ABC News, although it appears it began with the Associated Press. All right, today I do have to stay on time because we have some live reports coming up. We do have some developing stories. I want to get to a breaking news story for you coming up. The Dawn Show is going to continue. 855-839-1210 if you want to sound off. Coming right back. I have a unique perspective when it comes to analyzing media coverage, whether it's national media or local media. Why? Because I'm certainly the only host of, I think, any broadcaster at this station and that I know of who is a longtime Emmy-winning television news anchor here in Philadelphia, yes, at Fox 29, anchoring the 10 o'clock news back when the 10 o'clock news on Fox 29 actually had powerful good ratings before that CBS 3. And yes, national. Um, I had a national show, CBS News Saturday morning as well. So I do feel like I have a unique insider perspective as far as the local media and recognizing those biases and recognizing what it means when reporters don't ask questions when they are out on the street with elected officials. So let's listen in. This is, and Anthony just uh, grabbed a local, I think this might be 6ABC. I, I, you know, I'm trying to just give you and I think pretty much they're all alike. They focused on the protesters. I didn't hear a lot of questions as far as education here, which is a big story. But listen in. This is the visit by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, obviously a very a very popular uh, Republican governor in a state that certainly the only state that I know of that had a red wave in the midterms. And so he's a target, obviously, and they think he's going to run for president and that he could get elected. And so that's what this is really all about. But listen into the coverage, and then on the other side, I'll give you my take. This crowd gathered outside the Union League with a simple message. They say honoring Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with the Abraham Lincoln Award is nothing short of a slap in the face. It's incumbent upon me and my wife to teach them about their history while there's an active movement. There's an active movement. Right to whitewash education here in America. City Councilman Kenyatta Johnson alluding to DeSantis' support for the removal of AP courses on African-American studies in the Sunshine State. And these protesters say that's one of several reasons why they believe the popular Republican governor has an anti-minority rights agenda. But DeSantis has been quoted saying his position is based on his concern that those courses are more about pushing a liberal political agenda than teaching history. Aaron Bashir, a Republican ward leader in Philadelphia, says it's time for all Americans to accept disagreements without labeling people who have opposing views. Whenever you're trying to come up with something, they always attack you as a racist person, as a person who does not believe in the minority rights. It's insane. Tonight, these protesters return calling for Union League members to cancel their memberships and for other organizations to boycott the Union League and its facilities. All right, back out live on the scene here. No one from the Union League was made available to speak with us on camera. DeSantis, of course, is the very popular governor of Florida who won re-election by a wide margin back in November. He's also widely considered a prime presidential hopeful in 2024. So in that report, you know, give them credit that they try to give the DeSantis point of view. But my question is, if you are interviewing local and there were local elected officials out there, some of them city council members or former city council members who might be running for mayor, etc., people who zoomed in their job during the pandemic, people who participated in some of the strictest mandates shutting down schools here in Philadelphia, as we know, for, for multiple school years, 
And it, and at the time, if you remember, there, there was no option for any kind of zoom in learning for the kids. Why? They didn't have, even have Wi-Fi or they didn't have a tablet. They didn't have the tools they needed. We lost track of kids. It was a disaster, a disaster. And so nobody says, nobody says to any of those officials, Hey, but what about the school and the quality of our education here in Philadelphia? What about what our kids have been through? What about the fact that we are rated among the worst in the nation overall? Although, do we have some bright, shining lights? Yes, yes, and I talk about it all the time. Masterman is awesome. Central High is awesome. Some of the best high schools, for example, uh, in the nation. So do we have some shining lights as schools and wonderful teachers? Absolutely. But by and large, we have a student body that's majority, black and brown children, as they like to say, African-American, et cetera, children who attend our Philadelphia public schools. And the vast majority of those children, in my humble opinion, during the mandates, during the shutdowns, they suffered. And we've seen historic lows in test scores reading, math, etc. We've gone over it. And so the fact that that's omitted, that nobody talks about the fact that in Florida, look at, look at their ratings, even in their big cities. And, and also nobody, nobody decided to then push back a little bit after researching a little bit and say, well, excuse me, you know, local official Democrat, but in truth, you're saying that they're trying to whitewash the education, but I'm, I'm looking at their core curriculum. And from grade school through high school, I'm seeing all kinds of wonderful programs that teach about black history, Afri- African-American history, and they go through all of it. And it is core curriculum that they teach in, in all the K through 12 programs across the state of Florida. So I'm just curious specifically, what are you talking about? Give me an example of that alleged whitewashing or ra- you know, racist rhetoric or whatever they're accusing DeSantis of. Because I guarantee you, if anybody had asked the follow-ups, I, th- I don't know that they would have had the answer. And when I look up really what's, what is at the core of this, and we paid the, played the sound for you yesterday, and I guess we could play it, play a, a quick clip of it as far as DeSantis, when he says that there was one piece of this advanced placement African-American studies class, which is a pilot program in the nation, and very few, I'm looking up one, one Florida high school that's part of the pilot program that's nationwide as well. There's a charter school in Delaware, in the state of Delaware, so this is a local story. I'm bringing it home for you, But, but in other words, schools in our region apparently are part of this pilot program. It's offered in very few high schools across the country, and it's a pilot project. That's it. And in part, there's there's one class, and it's entitled Queer Studies. We'll play that for you in a moment if Anthony can get that ready, just so you could hear about it. But overall, okay, but I just want to set this up properly, that overall, this is what? An advanced placement African-American studies class. In other words, this is not a K-12 through class. This is a college credit earning class that if you are a student, and keep in mind because my kids have taken AP classes, so if you know about this, you know that if the only way that you're eligible to even take an AP class is if you're already a top student, and then you have to be eligible to take an, an advanced placement class. What does that mean? That means that you have so many credits, and now you're a great student, and you want to start earning credits that you can apply toward any college degree. So what does that mean? Well, if you can, my goodness, let's say you can have 10, 12, 20 credits that you've gotten through free public schools, that's less, that's, that, that helps your bill. That help, that helps towards your college education. And so it's, it's wonderful if you are a student who can do that. But this is not part of any in the nation, to my knowledge, regular K through 12 curriculum. What we're talking about is high school level classes for the top elite students who want to earn extra credits that would, that would not go toward their high school degree, that would go to a college degree 
in the future. That's what we're talking about. So it's a teeny weeny course is, is my point to you. Okay. And, and so just to give you an example in Delaware, the teacher who participated in the training uh, to teach this new African-American studies course, her name is Melissa Tracy. And there's a very picture, a very nice picture of her. She's a very uh, professional looking, attractive educator in Delaware. I'm sure a top educator to teach a an AP class like this at the high school level. And I would describe her as a, a white lady, a Caucasian lady, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. This is how I would describe this teacher. She's a, She teaches the course at Odyssey Charter, and it was the first school in Delaware to offer this AP, African American Studies, class that we're talking about. They call it an interdisciplinary course. It draws from a variety of fields, like literature, arts, humanities, political science, geography, and science. So overall, that sounds that sounds good and fine and, and whatever. And keep in mind, these are offered presumably to 17, 16, 17, maybe 18-year-old high school seniors. So we're not talking about the vast majority of students K through 12 anywhere in the nation, okay? So to say that this pilot... <laughs> this pilot AP class that's happening in America right now to say that because DeSantis and uh, people in his administration and apparently some educators pushed back on it to claim that that is with a broad brush stroke, we can say, oh, that's happening in every Florida school at every level. That is a lie. It's not true. There are pieces within this curriculum that some parents have a problem with. And one of the pieces of this has nothing to do with your ethnicity or African-American history. So listen to, and we, I know I played it yesterday, so forgive me if you heard it yesterday, but in the context that I'm now giving this to you, Anthony, can you play that audio of Ron DeSantis on Monday in Jacksonville was asked by reporters about the decision to not welcome in a pilot program of an AP class. Governor, on the AP African American Studies course that was rejected by the state, been a lot of criticism of that move, uh, people saying, you know, this is exactly what we were fearing with the Individual Freedom Bill. I don't know if you or the commissioner could maybe expand a little bit more about what was in that course. So, um, you know, as you know, uh, in the state of Florida, our education standards not only don't prevent, but they require teaching black history, all the important things that's part of our core curriculum. This was a separate course on top of that for advanced placement credit and the issue is we have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, We want education not indoctrination. If you fall on the side of indoctrination, we're going to decline. If it's education, then we will do this course. So when I heard it didn't meet the standards, I figured, yeah, they may be doing this here. It's way more than that. This course on black history, what's one of the lessons about Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. And so that's what they're talking about. And the media reports on a controversy, which is, of course, being created by the media. They're reporting on this over and over. I don't see the media making any effort to, in Florida or anywhere, asking parents. Hey, parents, what do you think about this? And then show them the curriculum. I'm also going to point out, and I just I just want to give all the information here, okay, that I found this story, and it's dated August 28th of 2022. So this past summer, late summer, um, and it's NPR, a teacher pilot's new African-American studies AP course. So this is in Florida, and it's NPR's Don Gagne, And he's interviewing a Florida educator, Marlon Williams Clark, about this first African-American studies AP program. Now, the reason that I'm 
sharing this with you is that this AP program that's so controversial, it still is taught in Florida. It's just taught in the colleges. So it is being offered in colleges at the college level because, after all, it's a college-level course for college credit that was being offered to, I believe, 60 schools across the nation. Okay, so, so I just... I really just want to point that out to you, that this, unfortunately, there is so much misinformation, and I would, I believe, disinformation as well, unfortunately. But to say, you know, one of the questions by NPR, your state's governor, Ron DeSantis, has championed efforts to ban conversations about race in classrooms, he says. I'm wondering if because of that, because of the politics playing out surrounding race and education, have you shifted your approach in any way to these conversations about race in the classroom. And the and the, the gentleman who's the professor says, well, the law is the law, and it's not really my place to give my opinion on that. But as far as students, I let them know, point blank, there may be some topics in which it's a thin line and that we'll just have to be careful how we talk about some things and how we approach some suspect, some subjects. And that's what he's saying about subjects being taught. But he also says he sticks to Florida state standards for African-American history and social studies standards. And those are also integrated at the college level as well. So when I look up all of these teachers who are talking about this program, they're acknowledging that in Florida's core curriculum, yes, of course, yes, there is African-American history and yes, there is black history and and black history month celebrated in all those florida schools so for these lawmakers to stand outside whether it was on samson or whether sansom or whether it was out on on south broad and to me the every from all accounts by the pictures i saw there were dozens of these demonstrators and a good majority of them were political partisan uh, political people that that was the majority that I saw, and like I said, dozens, certainly not hundreds or thousands or anything of that nature. So to me, this was the media started pushing forth early yesterday morning. Oh, protest happening! It was almost like they were they were calling people. Oh, come out to protest! Come out to demonstrate! This is ooh, evil MAGA Republican governor from another state is coming here, and we must stand in solidarity. I mean, I really felt like local media in many ways was, in fact, calling people to do the protest. They still didn't come out in droves, as far as I saw. So yesterday, Anthony and I separately, and yesterday I'm back and forth uh, with Governor DeSantis's office, We, you know, welcoming him here. I know he's got a busy schedule. The one criticism I, I do have, I must say, is and I'll try to get somebody from the Union League. I know a lot of people over there, as I've told you, um, and we have had a longtime family membership. My husband's father and his family, longtime members. I think I told you the late, great John Robert Menti, my father-in-law, had written the first two history books. He's a local local ad man, and uh, his claim to fame was, you know, that remember that Norelco commercial where Santa Claus was was uh, his sleigh was a Norelco razor. That was my father-in-law, John Robert Menti created that. So local ad man here in Philadelphia and had written some of the first history books that are still in the library there at the Union League of Philadelphia with such a beautiful, rich history. So what I'm going to say is that I think the Union League, by being silent, why not celebrate the moment? Release a, a video audio clip of that presentation of Governor DeSantis receiving this this prestigious award, and it, this is history. So why not release it, own it, be proud of it, and have somebody comment about why? So I think that any time you look like you're being silent or you're hiding from the media, it's never a good look. And so my advice to my friends at the Union League is speak out about it with pride. You have a great history, and history, of course, is on the side of the Union League. Why? Because the Union League, what it stood for back in the day was emancipation, Republican, President Lincoln, to back him, to support him, and to support the Civil War and those against slavery. 
So this is a little history lesson that I wish the Union League would speak out about and say, hey, folks, the Union League here in Philadelphia uh, did not stand for slavery and stood for emancipation, stood for the end of slavery, stood for those who fought against slavery, many of whom, many of whom gave their lives to end, to fight, to end slavery. So that's the history. And by the way, the greatest history we have here in our area, my goodness, across Jersey, across Philadelphia, across Pennsylvania, I would love to see more field trips. It's all around us. And you think of Harriet Tubman, kids learn about Harriet Tubman. She's right here. And I encourage you, take your kids to these places. It's so, it is important. Black history, African-American history, it is American history. That's fair. That's good. That's right to teach it. Yes, slavery, a sin that is a stain on our nation, 100%. Teach it. But I think to, to me, the one thing that strikes me is that these, these elected officials who stand there and grandstand and they zoomed in their jobs and they stood by and watched a majority of African-American students, black and brown students in our region banned from the classroom. They were banned from the classroom. That's the ban that we should also be talking about. And the results, the devastating results, and not just with educational scores, with the fact that our third and fourth graders cannot can't read by a majority, but also the psychological impact, the fact that these kids are suffering with mental health issues at historic levels. So that's my take. I'm Dawn Stensland, 855-839-1210, at Dawn Stensland on Twitter. We're going to come right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 2023, what does it mean to you? This is a great time, especially when you think of this wintry weather moving into our area, even though we're not getting the snow. My kids are like, why does everybody else get the snow? But, you know, it is a perfect time for that newer certified luxury vehicle you've been wanting. You know you want it. My friends from Piazza, Premier Automobiles, they're always here to assist you in your unique vehicle search throughout our region. Yeah, the tri-state area. That's right. The Piazza Premium family features dealerships across Pennsylvania, Delaware, and now New Jersey with their newest location, Mercedes-Benz of Atlantic City. Find your Land Rover, Jaguar, Porsche, Alfa Romeo, Maserati, or Mercedes-Benz at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com and make 2023 a premium year. Please let them know at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Dawn sent you. Ah. <sighs> And no David, no Maserati. For every, every time when I talk about the Piazza family, great local family, great people, by the way. I know they're huge Eagles fans as well. But, um, you know, David says, Mom, Maserati, I'm dreaming of it. I'm like, okay, keep dreaming. Summer job, save up. Good luck with that. A little stinker. But I love my kids. I live for my kids. And that's 
part of my passion, as you well know, is just as a longtime resident of Philadelphia, my husband, Larry Menti, and I raising our children here. Education, to me, is the answer. It's really the answer to solving all of uh, our nation's problems. It begins with education. I believe in investing in education. And so, so it's important. And I, and I get that. And I know we can debate on some of these issues. Um, but I just think our kids' education should not be pimped by politicians on both sides who want to raise money and get everybody fired up and just raise money for what? Their campaign. It's not about them or their campaign or their partisan politics. It's about our children and educating our children because that creates a, a better future for all of America. So you can agree or disagree. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. Oh, let me start with uh, Charlie in Westchester. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. Ben, I really like your, your, your last uh, comment. Leave education to the educators. Leave the politicians out of it. I think the governor of Florida is using it politically uh, for his benefit. And I think there's an undertone in his uh, dialogue as to uh, removing a, a, a class. What expertise does he have in the subject matter to, to do that? Why not leave it to the educators? So you're saying that if if the educators stated that they had a problem with it, that at that point um, he would support them, but if they did not have a problem with and what about if parents had a problem with some of it? Like let's say because okay. this is an African American studies plan. So let's say some some parents, African American parents came forth and said, you know, there's so much important African American history to be told and a piece of this is is entitled uh, queer studies, not you know, nothing against that, but why don't they teach that in a separate side of things instead of in you know, instead of within an African-American studies class. And that is, by the way, Charlie, what I'm hearing, that some parents just said we want to stick with a core curriculum, not not things that are more like, hey, let's get rid of prisons. Why is that? That's almost an insult, yeah. is it not, to, to make that part of an African-American histories class? Well, I was taught by the Augustinians at Bonner High School. Oh, and they used to my, say, my husband, Larry you know, Menti's, um, uh, you know, Larry's a Bonner grad as well. 1967. So I'm probably a little older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Great school. But they said, and I don't know how much they stuck to it, but what they said, we don't want to teach you what to think. We want to teach you how to think. And uh, sometimes I hear on talk radio, they talk about it was the Democrats who were the Ku Klux Klan in the South. And mm-hmm. there's, there's some truth to that. Yeah. And the Republicans did, Lincoln did set the, uh, yeah, the, uh, slaves free or help to do that. But where did the Dixiecrats go when Lyndon Baines Johnson signed the Voters' Right Act? They all became Republicans real quick. And so, and so, you know what? I think it's great in a, in a social studies class to study all of that for sure, to go through all the, the political parties. But I do think, I do think a lot of people don't know that history. They don't know that, in fact, I mean, Lincoln just by himself, just the study of, of Lincoln and, and key that, tee that up with Frederick Douglass. You, you know, I, I just, to me, I just think that the story in general about this one AP class, which sounds like an interesting class, by the way, I'm not, I'm actually not criticizing the class itself, which is a college level course, but I, I'm just saying that does it belong in a high school? It it sounds like there were some parents who pushed back because it is still offered in Florida and across the country as a as a college level class. That's my well, understanding. Why does DeSantis get more more involved in uh, keeping guns out of the school than keeping ideas out of the school? Well, I think that this sounds solution. like a great slogan, but I think in general, in general, um, you know. I, I do think that we have to do more to keep guns out of the hands of children, certainly. And that's, and that's my goodness. I mean, I can't talk about the Florida governor. I would prefer to talk about, you know, here in Philadelphia. You look at all the kids who've been shot. How do they get all these guns? Where are they getting these yeah. guns? It's a great question. 
it's all interconnected in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now, the solution to too many guns isn't more guns, I don't think. But some people, that is their solution. If more people had guns walking around the mall, maybe even packing guns, everybody carries a gun, and we're all going to be safer. So that's just a thought. But anyway, yeah. I appreciate your point of view, and I, <laughs> I, I appreciate what you're doing. You're, you're at least stimulating the conversation and, and uh, getting people to think, and that's not a bad thing. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate you. All right, let's go to Charlie in another Charlie, but this time in Philadelphia. Hi, how are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm listening to you about this uh, curriculum and all, and I, it reminded me, I read years ago, I don't know how long ago, I probably read it on the L going downtown to work in the daily news I used to get, so that's how long ago it was. <laughs> but um, it was about a, uh, a high school, and I don't know if it was Cherry Hill High School or a high school in Cherry Hill, I forget. But they had a rapid science class. They taught, like, I guess, calculus and physics and this, that. And the, the students there had, like, a an easier way to get into college because of the credits they got or something. I don't know if they actually got a scholarship or something. But And they called it the advanced something rapid or something mm-hmm. class. And these educators went through from the state or whatever, from the board of education or something. And they noticed there wasn't any black students there. It was all Asian and white. And they had a fit about it. And they wound up closing down the class, it said. They, they canceled it because there wasn't enough money. Now, I, I don't know, you know what, what you say about that, but why punish one group of people because another? You know what I'm saying? It's just right. like, it doesn't make any sense. Isn't that reverse racism or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's upside down land. I, I agree with you, Charlie. Thank you. I got to get through these. I thank you and I appreciate you. I got to get through these in the next like 90 seconds because... Um, Pastor Bill Devlin is calling us from the courthouse to update us on the trial of Mark Houck. So John is in Wildwood. I'm going to get to your calls as quickly as I can. John in Wildwood has a, a, a unique opinion about the situation with Ron DeSantis receiving the Union League's top gold award <clears throat> here in Philadelphia. Hey, John. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Um, first of all, the, 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 the first Charlie that called you, I, I wish you would have asked him, what does queer studies have to do? You don't need to be an educator to ask that question. Like, you should, I just feel like that would have been a good question to that Charlie, because he seemed very level-headed. But mm-hmm. um, I don't understand why he thinks that Ron DeSantis can't say something about education. I don't think there even be, should be a board of education nationally. It should be local. But that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But this According to what I heard last night, there is some board that is agreeing with DeSantis and is going to change the curriculum of that course, even in the colleges, Mm -hmm. because they agreed with what he was saying is they're being pigeonholed. One thing, it's like, you know, it's like it's like it's like uh, in bills where they put things together Mm -hmm. where the bill is supposed to be for streets, but they've got something in there to build Mm -hmm. something else. So. I just wish that, you know, people would listen to what they're saying. And like you said, this, like you were saying, there's things in this AP study that has nothing to do with black history. Has nothing to do with it. Right. And yeah. they're, they're just not, nobody's, nobody's questioning these people with that. You know, do you agree that they should have this in this study? Right. Exactly. And that's, that's just it. I mean, take, and John, I thank you for the call. I'm going to get to Steve in Cinnamons and, and that's one of my points is, why not take the curriculum? It's online. I, I have it in front of me. Why not? Let's take Stephen Cinnamons, and I can't. Can you help me out there? Um, before I go to Steve, Steve, hi, Steve. You're on the air, but let me just say this. Why not show the curriculum and have a reporter do, we call it a person on the street, go into neighborhoods as, you know, moms and dads and grandparents and caregivers are on the bus stop with their kids and say, what do you think of this curriculum? Um, but we, you know, I just... I do have, I do take issue with the coverage over this because I, I think it's misleading. Hey, Steve, you're on. Um, uh, you know, Charlie, who called mm-hmm. um, from uh, Westchester, mm-hmm. first of all, he says that the, the teachers, the educators should do the curriculum. Well, he should look at some of the black children's scores in Philadelphia. Those educators shouldn't be doing, doing anything like that. We have a lot of problems with education from educators and the union. He was also wrong about the Dixiecrats. 
uh, saying that they were all Republican. Al Gore's father wasn't. Mm -hmm. Senator Fulbright wasn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Byrd wasn't. That's another thing that he threw out that was false. So moving off of him, and then he brings up guns. He can't even stay on topic. Like, <laughs> wow. But he sounded so eloquent and disciplined. A typical liberal taking everyone down a path of BS. So I just wanted to insult him and then move on. <laughs> about about the Union League, and I've hung out in the Union League, the Harvard Club, and here's the problem why they're not fighting. Because what's happened in this country with rich people, rich white people especially, is we've lost a lot of patriotism. They don't believe in God. Money and social status is very important, and that's why it's such a split in the Republican Party. Wealthy elite Republicans will not go out on a limb because of their social status. They go to the same country clubs. They go to the same union leagues, and they're all in the same club, and they're completely disconnected with the working class in this country of all colors who also happen to be Republican. And they did it with Trump. The union league has a lot of anti-Trumpism in it. So does the Harvard Club. And I'm talking about not with the liberals that go there. I'm talking about the Republicans. We have an elitist problem within the Republican Party, and that's why the Union League is not talking, is not speaking out about it. Mm, okay. Thanks for that perspective, for sure. I thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm trying to get your calls, but we've got to take a quick break here, for sure, because we want to update you on what's happening, uh, what's happening at CJC right now with the Mark Houck uh, Bucks County dad on trial. We'll come back right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.